a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. When we look at ourselves and the situation of the world, uh, God is certainly there, but he's hidden there. He's not seen there. He's not. He, he hasn't put himself there to be found. Where he puts himself to be found is on the cross. That's where we know that he loves us. So we can just as well undo God's love for us as we can go back in time and pry the nails out of Jesus' hands. We can just proclaim God's word, trust it will do what it says it will do, and no longer be, be judging the effectiveness of the, of the preached word by human standards of measurement, by, by the number of people that are there, but, but rather to just do what God told us to do, to preach the word and administer the sacraments. Ch- Charles Finney could have possibly had the ugliest face of any theologian. <laughs> Except for Brian Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to everyone's favorite Lutheran theological game show with a uh, vicar host as well as a Lutheran pastor host. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, before we get started. We got the market pinned on that sucker. <laughs> yeah, we do. I mean, there's a lot of competition, but we <laughs> have the top rating on this thing. Before we get started, I have something I want to play for you. Uh, apparently, there was this uh, conference, what was it called? Uh, the Encounter Generation, which took place uh, in California back in, in 2009. But uh, in it, they were they were describing the rules. This was a youth conference, describing the rules that there was no uh, PDA allowed. And they did so in the context of a rap song. And so they were t- calling it the Christian side hug. This is how it goes. The Christian the side hug. So give me that uh, Christian side hug. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the Christian side hug. All right. <laughs> what? <laughs> that sure everyone said, What is this nonsense? I'm not listening to this garbage. Well, there's more to come. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought uh, by throwing that up there in- increased the listenership of uh, Table Talk Radio. Right. That's the demographic that we're looking for. <laughs> the Christian side huggers who <laughs> like rap. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what do we have in store for uh, today? We are playing Name That Heresy. Uh, yeah. Hey, this was a suggestion from our Facebook page, our fan page on Facebook, which has now 338 members. Ooh, I forgot to check uh, how we're doing versus Kirk Cameron. I'm sure we're we're closing the gap oh, with yeah. Kirk Cameron fan page. Uh, so name that heresy's coming up. Yes. All right. And then uh, in the last segment of the program, we're going to play uh, Google It and Text Message Theology Super Game. Um, that's going to be a mess. <laughs> yeah. I can tell already. If it, what happens when you combine two mediocre games into a super game? <laughs> Do you increase the mediocrity, or do you make it good? I don't know. Is it like a? Is it like adding a fraction, or like adding real numbers? I, I'm, we'll have to see what happens here. I, I don't. I don't think it uh, can get any better. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just my, that's just my prediction. 
No. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, and then uh, what else? I guess we're gonna do, do some uh, buzzwords and email, Facebook messages, all that stuff. So, and a listener participation game. I have one. I've oh, got a yeah. listener participation. Yeah, boy. All right. It's a contest, really. A, co- a table talk radio contest. When are we doing that? But first, buzzwords. When? Right now. We're gonna do it right now. Or you want to do it first? Okay. Here is the con. This also comes as a suggestion from our Facebook page. Now, uh, we won't tell you what you're gonna win because we probably don't have a lot of prizes <laughs> there in your room, do you? Look around and see what you can give away. But this is the contest. We 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 had the suggestion on our Table Talk Radio page uh, under the discussions category for new games, and one of the games was uh, twist the 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 scripture twisting game. And and the way that this works is you find the worst example of scripture twisting that you possibly can. Uh, it could be in a sermon, it could be in an article, it could be uh, in, uh, anywhere. You could find it on the internet, uh, audio or, or text or whatever. And so send us your examples of the worst scripture twisting that you can find. And we'll collect these, and then I think what we'll do is I'll give Evan a chance to enter too, and then I'll judge. So I'll see if the listeners can come up with better examples of scripture twisting uh, than than Evan can. So, uh, so send to the email that we have somewhere. What is that again? Do you have that? I don't know. Uh, the email? LPG email at... You, t- could t- you can remember that. Yeah, LPG yeah, that's good at tabletalkradio.org. That stands for Listener Participation Game. LPG at tabletalkradio.org. Send, the, send your worst examples of scripture twisting in, and then we'll have a contest here in a few weeks. Right. Or you can call 866-851-5523. Oh, even better. Yes. You, you know, we had another game suggestion, which was Table Talk Radio... Uh, uh, American Idol edition, where listeners call the, the 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 hotline number and they sing their worst praise song, and then uh, and then we're the judges. So uh, uh, Simon Peter is one judge. That would be uh, me probably. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Paul uh, the Apostle is, would be you, I'm sure. And then and we judge the singing of the. Well, we'll we'll hold that off later. We're, right now, we'll just do the 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 scripture twisting contest uh, listener participation game. So. Nice. And I have here. Don't forget that we're doing this when people start calling in. The hundreds of people start calling in with their scripture twisting. Right. Yeah. I'll I'll be like, what is this guy talking about? Uh, By the way, uh, you told me to look around. Here I have a deck of cards. So I don't know if that'd be a a prize. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Deck of cards. cards. If you're missing a few cards, that might be even better. (laughs) Hey, can you order a Table Talk Radio deck of cards from our store? I don't think so. Uh, But it doesn't really matter. Nobody orders anything anyway. So. All right, uh, so what Facebook messages do we have this week? Oh, we need to do buzzwords, buzzwords, buzzwords. Buzzwords. Don't forget about the buzzwords. Okay, let's do buzzwords. Give me yours first. My buzzword for you is anthropology. Mm. Anthropology. So this comes from the Greek word anthros, which means man, humanity, and pology, which means... Sorry. It comes from logos, study of... Uh, so, uh, so study of man. So anthropology now uh, nowadays is used like if you're studying anthropology at the at the secular university, you're studying all the aborigines and and how they uh, how they learned how to hunt and stuff. It's c- totally given over to I mean social Darwinism. But in the theological sense, anthropology means the doctrine of man, uh, and especially man's essence and man's will, what man can and cannot do. Uh, the things above them, things below them, this sort of thing. So uh, when you ask a theologian's anthropology, you're asking, what is your doctrine or your teaching of man? Right. All right. And the uh, theological buzzword I have for you, I can't believe we haven't used this word yet, but it is the word sacrament. Uh, really? Yeah, we haven't used that yet. 
so I don't. The, uh, the sacrament is. Uh, I, I I sometimes like to describe it as as an ordinary thing combined with God's word. So uh, in in uh, the Lutheran Church, uh, we we identify what what God has given uh, the, the baptism and the Lord's Supper, and these are uh, two sacraments uh, that He has attached His promise, His word. Uh, to to water and, and gives life through that water and the forgiveness of sins, and also in the Lord's Supper that He gives uh, that same promise, that same word attached to uh, uh, bread and wine, and and uh, bestows these gifts. So the, these things gathered together, we can identify as sacraments. Yes, right. In fact, you know Luther, our friend Luther, um, who uh, was writing about this in the Large Catechism. He says the best thing that Saint Augustine ever wrote was the uh, the thing is joined to the word and it becomes a sacrament. So the element is joined to the word and the, and then you have your sacrament. And, and he quotes it like three times. He says, I mean, he's, he's just kind of enthralled over the statement of St. Augustine, uh, uh, which is uh, which is really quite something. But that's precisely the definition you've given. And we should point out that the particular word that God has joined to the sacraments of baptism and Lord's Supper, and even in the, in the speaking of the gospel and the absolution, is his word of forgiveness, his word of promise that says, we're not the children of the devil, that we're his children, that he's washed away our sins and forgiven us. So. All right. Very good. Okay, so we have our, our buzzwords. Now we can go to the Facebook messages. Yeah, yeah. Here's a, here's one from Brian. I don't know where Brian is. He says, and I can't remember if I read this last week or just wanted to because this is so great. The other day I'm listening to my iPod at work. My co-worker asked me what I was rocking out on. I told him Table Talk Radio, America's favorite theological game show. Dumb look, writes Brian. <laughs> I think Priceless. You, I think you may have read that last week. <laughs> I know I read it to you. It's great. I love it. Hey, if you get your Facebook comment mentioned twice, that's double the points, right? <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Yeah, uh, let's see here. I'll, we also have this uh, this note. I, I wrote on our Table Talk Radio f- fan page, Table Talk Radio, where the points are like, dot, 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 and we have uh, 145 comments here. I, I'm never going to have to think up a, a, an ending joke in my whole life, 145 comments here. So I'll just start at the beginning and read them. You ready? <laughs> ready. I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. No. Goodness sakes. I'll give it to you at the end of the show. Okay. Uh, here, here's a final uh, comment from Sarah, our friend Sarah. She writes, you put your banner with your faces on it in the Table Talk Radio homepage. It looks like you're trying to keep your listenership elite or what? There. Uh, so thanks for the compliment there, Sarah. We really appreciate that. Uh, but what is she talking about? I wasn't listening. Oh no, it's a, <laughs> it's a. Uh, we 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 put this. Uh, we had it on our old site. Remember our, our old site that was red and and everybody loved. Uh, we had this banner made for us that says Table Talk Radio and it has uh, uh, the, our drawings that someone did. The Artie's drawings on there and it, it has it right up there. And now we put it on our new site. We just figured out how to do it. So. TableTalkRadio.org. That's where you can find the buzzwords. You can find our store. You can find podcasts. You can find articles, etc., etc. So TableTalkRadio.org is where you want to go to see this sort of thing. Yeah, everyone's favorite uh, and website. Join the conversation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back for uh, some name that heresy on Table Talk Radio. The police are going to arrest us. Front hugging. 
Don't ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> you got to be kidding. Stop. Grab a Bible and listen. God came with a brand new invention, his love. Grabs a hold of me tightly, flows like a wellspring daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Heck no. He takes away sin. Just let go. To the extreme, he gives you grace by the handful. Lights up the world and sends a Savior who redeem you. Satan. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. That bumper music brought to you by the Muse- Museum of Idolatry at a little11.com. Doesn't get any better than this at Table Talk Radio. I love Christian rap. It is right up there on my list with uh, with Latino rap. All right. Uh, name that heresy. Speaking of, uh, we're going to play Name That Heresy. Now, how we? Uh, are you done? I'm gonna hit mute. It's in my head now. <laughs> okay, so Pastor went. This found is a new some... game, by the way, right? Uh, is it? Have we not done this before? We've never, we've never played the name that heresy before. Okay, never. All right. And how many shows have we done? Is today the 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 legendary 100th show? No, no, no. This is the 95th show. Oh, all right. So tell us uh, That's how many theses they were. One show per thesis. Uh, we, well, the way this game the game works is like every other game. We uh, we use it as an excuse to talk about theology, but the, we're the, gonna, the, the way we're going to do it today is we are Evan and I are going to offer each other quotations from various heretics or expressing various heresies, and then we are going to try to guess the heretic or the heresy behind it or both, and then. Uh, uh, and then we are going to give each other points for getting it right, and then talk about it. So, you, uh, I have found two ancient heretics with two ancient heresies, and you have found two modern heretics with modern heresies, right? True. And that's the way it goes. And I think we're offering 200 points. That's the standard number for some crazy reason. Um, 200 points for this business, and uh, and we'll see how it goes. All right. Um what do you want first? You want me to give it to you, or you have an audio one, which is more engaging for radio. So why don't we use your audio heretic first? <laughs> is that all right? Yes. Uh, just stall a little bit so I can pull it up here. Okay. Well, the, here uh, here's what some points are like, Josh. The points are like <laughs> membership in the Bob Jones University chapter of the Harry Potter fan club. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, you, good, good job. Good job. Oh, that's, en- that's enough. <laughs> oh, thanks. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, so what you're about to hear is a. Uh, like a documentary video about the heresy. The first voice you'll hear is an author talking about it. Then you hear a number of different uh, speakers at a convention about it. All right, you ready? Ready. And the introduction of uh, television and mass radio and the media that became dominated in many areas by Christian broadcasters and the enormous amount of money generated and eventually the alliance with the lobby in the United States gave the impetus to the enormous expansion of this formerly fringe ideology. What is this? I don't even understand what he's talking about. Over 400 of America's foremost Christian leaders met at Cornerstone Church in San Antonio and unanimously agreed to come to Washington, D.C. for one reason, and one reason alone, 
And that was to stand up and speak up for the state of Israel. Ah, uh, now we're getting somewhere. What an incredible gathering of individuals here. This is fantastic. I can't resist to say it. I will be silent no more. Our times demand it. Our history compels it. Our future requires it. And most of all, God is watching. 5,000 years from now, we won't remember much, but we will remember this night and we'll still be talking about it. We'll be talking about the night that the wild branches that were grafted into the mercies of God stood up. We today stand for Israel because we stand for democracy. We will defend ourselves. We will defend our values. We will defend our democracies. And we will defend the spirit of God which unites us. <laughs> oh, man, are you kidding me? Wait, wait, is that Raul Reese, the Calvary Chapel? Do you have the names of the people who are doing this stuff? Yeah, I can get them, but uh, oh, you can hear right now. Um, let, let me uh, let me get that while you, while you talk about this a little bit. This is, so this is a Stand for Israel conference. This is apparently a bunch of Christians. They, they said Christian pastors come together, and they because they stand for democracy and because the Spirit unites us, they're standing for the nation of Israel. This is the uh, there's a couple ways to talk about this particular heresy. It is a is a part of what we call dispensationalism. Uh, it's also we can call it Christian Zionism, uh, but it is the idea that the Lord still considers the national Israel, the nation of Israel, descendants of Abraham from blood and flesh, to be His chosen people. Uh, and it and this this false teaching kind of saturates American evangelicalism and seeps its way into other uh, Christian thought as well. So that so that the Lord uh, God has a particular plan for the for the physical nation of Israel. Right. Uh, you you got it. That's that's two hundred points. I'm still working through the names here. Yeah. This by the way, all this audio came from the Christians United for Israel conference in 2006. Which I'm not uh, especially sure where that took place. Who is this of the first preachers? This huge guy who's who he really gets into it, man. And he's uh, the sweaty preacher. I call him. He's all, I used to see him all the time at night on TV, but I hardly see him anymore. Uh, but he's one of these really famous kind of word faith guys, and they are all go go, go gaga over this Israel you're stuff. Uh, about, let me tell you a little you're talking story about Hagee? about this. Is that yeah, Hagee, Hagee. Uh, I kind of like the guy's voice though. He uh, he seems like a nice guy, anyways. If you could. You got. You don't want to sit in the front row when he's preaching, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sweat flying all over. It's like I don't need to be rebaptized, guy. Look now, were you look, looking look. for the name of the last guy that spoke? Uh huh. Uh huh. What was his name? Uh, he wasn't a preacher. H. E. Daniel Elion, which is the ambassador of Israel to the United States. Oh, really? Wow. Isn't the that spirit that unites us. I wonder what that's talking about. Now, look, I, I want to tell you a story. When I was a young man, probably your age, or, or maybe a little younger, uh, or a little older than you are, I was 18, I think, and I was uh, doing a survey, <laughs> and I was walking around the Calvary Chapel bookstore, and I was asking this question. Have I told this story before? Yes, but go ahead. <clears throat> I'd ask one. people, would you, rather, would you rather be Jewish or, or, or Roman Catholic, if you only had two choices, Jewish or Roman Catholic? And just about everyone said Jewish. There's just four people walking along, and I asked them. And the, and the gal says to me, oh, put me down for Roman Catholic. And everyone looked at her like she was nuts. And she what are you talking about, Roman Catholic? You should be Jewish. And she said, well, the Roman Catholic Church at least believes in Jesus, which is a good point. Uh, 
But they said, yeah, but when Jesus comes back, then he's going to come for Israel, and all the Jews will believe, and then the, the whole be, nation will be converted and become Christians, etc., etc. She said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Put me down for Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's this cr- kind of crazy pro-Judaism uh, that uh, uh, that just kind of saturates uh, evangelicalism, and this is a manifestation of it. Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, well, we should ask though what the Bible says about this, right? We, hey, we could. Do, is this article up on our page? Uh, this dispensationalism, what and why not? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, that's on our table talk radio thing. Because uh, one of the five, or sorry, one of the three uh, pillars of dispensationalism. One of them is this: that we make a distinction between Israel and the Church, and the Scripture just doesn't. The Scriptures do not um, uh, talk this way. Uh, they don't. Uh, uh, they do not differ. In, in fact, the church is what Paul calls the new Israel. Uh, they say uh, that when the Jews of Jesus' day say that we're, hey, look, we're from Abraham. Uh, John the Baptist said God can uh, raise up Abraham's children of Abraham from these stones. And that's exactly the argument that Paul makes, is that by faith we become children of Abraham, not by bloodline, things like this. So it's, the, it's, it, it's faith. It's being a, a believer in Jesus that uh, that puts us in solidly in the people of God. Yeah, it always struck me when you hear these uh, groups get together and have this big uh, prayer for Jerusalem type thing. Uh, and and yeah, of course you don't want to. I mean, we we want to pray for all people according to their needs, of course. Um, but but they have a particular interest in praying for the people of Jerusalem, and it is for this reason, this Christian Zionism, as you talked about. Yeah, I remember talking to. Now I bet I haven't told this story. I remember talking to this Jewish. Uh, he was a cantor, so he wasn't a he wasn't a rabbi. He was a cantor, but he was involved with the Southern Baptist Church in this program, Yod Bit Yod, which means hand in hand. So the Southern Baptist Church, huge Southern Baptist Church, was raising funds, and they were giving it to the synagogue, and the synagogue was using it to fly Russian Jews over to Israel. And I was talking to this cantor, and he said, and I said, do you realize that what the this church believes is going to happen is that the, all the Christians are going to be zapped out of the world in the so-called secret rapture, and then uh, and then the entire nation of Israel is going to be rough run over roughshod by the Antichrist, and one third of the Jewish people are going to die, while the rest are converted to Christianity before Jesus comes back, and that they are. Uh, supporting th- this program to get more th- all the Jews da- back to Israel, so that th- this plan of God will unfold. <laughs> and the and the the cantor looked at me and he says, "No, I didn't know that was the theology behind it." But you don't bite the hand that feeds you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <I laughs> My good. The uh. text for this, uh, by the way, uh, to for people to look at the church being Israel, the two main texts to consider are Galatians three twenty six to twenty nine and Ephesians two eleven to nineteen, where where Paul talk, talks about how the wall between the Jew and Gentile has been torn down in Christ, and the heresy of dispensationalism, this distinction between Israel and the church, just rebuilds that wall in a very ugly way. So. That's right. Can you believe it that we're already done the second segment of the program? Woo! So we will uh, continue uh, doing this. Uh, uh, Name that heresy. Yeah, that's right. Name that heresy. What are you doing? Checking our Facebook page? You sound I, like me. The uh, the audio was muted, so I was trying to fix that before. I can't talk and, and control this board at the same time. We need a we need a board op. Yeah. Send your donations for a board op. Tabletop radio. <laughs> we'll be right back.
you're not easily embarrassed, tell your friends about Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, we are playing Name That Heresy, and Pastor is in the lead with 200 points, but it is now my turn oh, yeah. for him to name a... I have an awesome heretic for you. <laughs> a totally awesome heretic. All right, good. One of the awesomest heretics of all time. I don't know what the guy looked like, so I can't <laughs> tell you about that. But All right. You ready? I'm ready. That, well, the way this game works, by the way, oh, so you, you who are playing along at home, oh, we should remind our listeners of the of the contest here. This is the scripture twisting contest that we announced at the beginning of the year. Send in to us or call in or Facebook in uh, your worst example of scripture twisting, and uh, and we're gonna have a contest here in a few weeks to see who uh, who wins, who has the worst example, and we'll play a new game with it. Now, uh, this might be uh, an uh, uh, an entry into that particular contest. The way this uh, particular heretic will will deal with the scriptures. Okay, so we're playing name that heresy, name that heretic. I'm gonna read you. I got a couple quotes here to see how much you need, and you are gonna guess who this is and what's wrong with it. And this is a historic heresy. Just an old, an old heretic. Yes. Okay. Instead of regarding the commands of our illustrious king as a privilege, we cry out at God in the scornful sloth of our hearts and say, This is too hard and difficult. We cannot do it. We're only human and hindered by the weakness of the flesh. Blind folly and presumptuous blasphemy. We ascribe to the God of knowledge the guilt of twofold ignorance, ignorance of his own creation and of his own commands. As if, forgetting the weakness of men, his own creation... He has laid upon men commands which they were unable to bear. And at the same time, God forgive us, we ascribe to the just one unrighteousness and cruelty to the holy one. The first by complaining that he has commanded the impossible, the second by imagining that a man will be condemned by him for what he could not help. So that the blasphemy of it, God is thought of as seeking our punishment rather than our salvation. No one knows the extent of our strength better than he who gave us that strength. He has not willed to command anything impossible, for he is righteous. And he will not condemn a man for what it could not help, for he is holy. Okay, so this person is denying original sin, that man yeah. is is fallen. So this, this person has the anthropology of that would indicate that man has free will, that, that he I has got ability that. Hey, to... you used the buzzword, anthropology. <laughs> ding, ding. They get points for it. Well used, uh, three hundred and fifty points. Good, um, but and, and what's the what's the appeal here? What what's the uh, uh, proof that what this person is saying is true? He does not then quote the scriptures. He points to our reason that God would not have us do something of which we are not capable of doing. Therefore, how can God condemn us? You know, he says. Um, uh, that that if uh, you shall not murder, but even if you murder in your hearts, you're already murdering against this person. If you if you hate someone, if you uh, harbor animosity against someone, you're already murdering them, and that's just impossible. So that could not uh, just condemn us. That, that that we are not born natural enemies of God. This person would say. So, do you have another quote? Do I need to guess? Oh yeah, here. here. Okay. No, no, that's a, well and well done. By the way, Evan. Uh, you have nailed it. This this argument, by the way, always comes up that surely God doesn't command what's impossible. Surely not. Surely. I mean, not just in the ancient church, but in the modern church too. Here, here's a here's a second quotation uh, from a different work. 
everything good and everything evil, in respect of which we are either worthy of praise or of blame, is done by us, not born with us. We are not born in our full development, but with a capacity for good and evil. We are begotten as well without virtue as without vice. And before the activity of our own personal will, there is nothing in man but what God has stored in him. Oh, okay. So this, when this, when, let me see if I got this right. When, when man is born, he s- merely contains the capacity to do good. Yes. Um, and and that that is instilled to him by God. Right. Uh, but then he then and and en- en- enacts on that goodness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. the 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 classic uh, uh, heresy here is Pelagianism after Pelagius. Is is this who we're, we're quoting? You are right. All right. Isn't that a cool heretic, Pelagius? So, <laughs> so this was like the fourth century, um, teaching again that as we as we already mentioned that that uh, original sin did not completely destroy human nature's will to choose good or evil or to choose God. Um, as, as we would say that because of original sin, man is born an enemy of God, as the scriptures say. Now, we also have after this uh, creep up semi-Pelagianism, um, that, that man then cooperates with God, the kind of the synergism, so that uh, maybe that, that you are born as a sinner, but... But God uh, enlightens you to cooperate with him for your salvation. That would be semi-Pelagianism. And this is really what, what is rampant in American evangelicalism today. Oh, you are always picking on those guys. <laughs> true. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? Oh, it's true. This was the big debate with uh, Luther and, and, uh, and Erasmus, you know. Erasmus said, hey, God, surely God doesn't command what we can't do, etc., etc. Well, what do you, Luther says, what are you talking about? The scripture says the law reveals sin. This is the chief theological use of the law to show us our sinfulness. Well, how can it show us our sinfulness if it's at the same time showing us how good we are? That's nuts. So the scripture, even though it's counter to our reason... Uh, the scripture does teach us that the law is there to show us how bad we are in the eyes of God. All right. So I get points for that? Oh, yeah. You get loads of points. Loads. 200. Which brings me to a total of 550 on the show. All right. right. Well, I have another the one points for are you. Like, uh, the points are like receiving an A on a test, a philosophy <laughs> test about moral relativism. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got them all day with this uh, Facebook page. I, I, I've now. got a I've got a handful of one-liner quotes for you all right. uh, from a, a particular individual, which I think uh, represents this particular heresy. Uh, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm just going to read them off, and you just tell me to stop whenever you're ready. A good thing to remember is that someone's got it a lot worse than we do. A lot of churches have not moved with the times. Choosing to be positive and having a grateful attitude is going to determine how you're going to live your life. All you can do is make your dreams come true. Faith activates God. Fear activates the enemy. God doesn't make a mistake when he... Wait a minute. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Faith activates God? Yes. Is that what that said? Yes. Faith activates God. Fear activates the enemy. What in the world? <laughs> Did you need me to keep going? Is this our friend Joel Osteen? <laughs> it is. <laughs> what kind of rubbish is that talking about? <laughs> this is a, the this is the word faith heresy. Although Osteen is kind of a word faith light teacher, you know. It's like uh, although that particular quote that you locked in on uh, would be right in line with it, though. Yeah, word that would be word faith heavy. That would be the uh, 
um, uh, a great that would be the great taste part of his uh, word faith, and the rest of the paragraph would probably be the less filling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this is um. So you want to give us some more quotes, and then we can uh, uh, launch can, off on I a tirade. Go all day on these. All right, you ready? Right. God wants to bless us where we are. God wants us to prosper financially, to have plenty of money, to fulfill the destiny he has laid out for us. I don't want to go uh, down the road of condemning. Uh, (laughs) I don't think that same-sex marriage is the way God intended it to be. I don't want to preach to the church. I feel like I have a broader message. (laughs) I I have always believed in God. (laughs) What is this? Is this is this this Larry King interview that he did? Uh, this is just. Or is this from a book? This, uh, this is just a, a handful of quotes from all over that someone compiled oh, in a man. list. Yeesh! What a disaster. Uh, so wh- why don't you give us the premise of the faith, the word faith movement here? Well, I think maybe just to use the words of the man himself when he says faith activates God. What kind of craziness is that? The faith, the f- faith is. <laughs> I faith in the word faith idea is some sort of substance. It's like a. I don't, what a weird sort of idea this is. But really, when the Bible talks about faith, it means being—it means simply believing the promise. So that faith is a—so you can't just have faith. You have to have first a promise. If, uh, it, can you imagine—can you imagine uh, just walking down the street? I'm sure this happens to you all the time. You're walking down the street, and someone stops you, and they say, Hey, 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 I believe you. I believe you. And you say, what are you— what are you even talking about? I didn't say anything. I didn't make a promise <laughs> to believe. In other words, you can't just faith. You can't just have faith. Ploop, and there's faith or something. No, F- faith is someone says something to you, and then you say, Ah, yes, I think it's true. This is what faith. So that God first speaks, and then we say, Ah, yes, what God speaks is true of me, and what God promises, I believe, I trust in it. This sort of thing. So that faith is is nothing in itself. It depends completely and 100 percent on the promises that God gives in Christ for our forgiveness. So God comes along, he says, hey, Evan, I forgive you. Hey, dear Table Talk Radio listener, your sins are forgiven. And then we say, ah, yeah, true. So that God is the, so that rather than faith, what did it say? Activating God. God himself activates faith by by giving us his word of promise. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, it says in Romans 10. So this puts everything backwards, and now, somehow, when we have faith, God becomes our servant, and he gives us everything we want, from, from green lights all the way to the mall, where we put our car in the first parking spot. God must be blessing us, because I'm, I'm a victor, not a victim. Oh, that was another suggestion, by the way, for a game. Are you a victim, a victor, or Victoria? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Our, our Table Talk Radio fan page is really li- quite a lively group yeah, over here. Yeah, sorry I'm missing out on that. Yeah, I know. There's a pool going on how long it'll take you to join up with Facebook. Is there right? really? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel bad for everyone. People who... are putting their points on the line. <laughs> but this word faith, look, we are the recipients of God's gifts. He, he is not uh, our servant, but he serves us. In his will, with his mercy and love. And faith rejoices in that. That's right. All right. Well, that is the end, I guess, of Name That Heresy. Uh, We will uh, be right back to play Google It versus Text Message Theology.
In a recent survey, 98% of listeners can't stand Table Talk Radio. We would like to express our gratitude to those who did not participate in the study. <laughs> oh, yeah. I... After all these years, I might wonder what it is you do. I Google you. Do you Google me? Where can you be? Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We do have one more uh, quote here for Name That Heresy, but then we'll be getting into Google It and this text message theology game. All right, Pastor, uh, I have 550 points. You have 400. Uh, but let's hear what your last entry is for Name That Heresy. All right. This is a little, um, this is a nice little conversation here. So it's between uh, Florentinius and, or Florentinus. Uh, and then uh, the the particular heretic that you're after. So uh, Florentius asks, Do you or do you not admit that our Lord who is of the Virgin is consubstantial with us and of two natures after the Incarnation? And the heretic responds, I admit that our Lord was of two natures before the Union, but after the Union, one nature. I follow the doctrine of the Blessed Cyril and the Holy Fathers and the Holy Athanasius. They speak of two natures before the Union, but after the union and incarnation, they speak of one nature, not two. Dun-dun-dun. Very good. So we're talking about the two natures of Christ. Yes. Um, the way this game works, by the way, for those of you just tuning in, is I have given Evan a quote of a heretic, and he has to guess who the heretic was and what the heresy is, and then he gets points for it. I think think that this is the heresy of is this uh donatism Ooh, no <sighs> you want to guess again or you want to um what a donatism what was donatism the, the donatists uh, the main thing with the donatists is they said that you couldn't be restored to faith after you fell away so uh they refused to especially with the bishops if uh if the bishops had done a baptism or something but then they fell away in time of persecution they 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 invalidated their sacramental acts, etc., etc. Um, so that was the main thing with the Donatist. This is a question, though, of the natures of Christ. And you say, instead of there being two natures in the one person, the, the, the two natures are so combined and united, in fact, even mixed together, yeah. that there's only now one nature in Christ. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know what it is. Nestorianism. Oh, ho, ho, close. Are Eutychianism. Really? Nestorian uh. was the opposite, remember? So Nestorius <laughs> talked about how there's two persons in Christ. So Nestorius took the, the, the took Jesus, who, two natures, one person, and Nestorius divided them, so you really have two persons or two wills, something like this in Nestorius. Nestorius is the one that denied that Mary was the Theotokos, the God-bearer, right. because uh, he you knows she only buried, bore the human nature and the and they're separate. Eutychius is the other one who so unites the two natures in Christ that they become blended together and you lose the distinction. So the two natures become one in the in the person of Christ. Eutychianism. Now it's just fashionable that the, uh, who does this? The, uh, the, um, the Calvinists accuse the Lutherans of being Eutychian and the Lutherans accuse the Calvinists of being Nestorian because of their doctrine of the sacraments. Sounds like fun. 
Oh, when I heard your buzzword right there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it does sound like fun, right? Eutychius or Nestorius? <laughs> we should do a game like that. That will that will bring in the listeners in droves. Hey, hey, come listen to the radio. They're playing, is this Eutychius or Nestorius? <laughs> everyone you. loves a good church history game. Oh, and everyone loves Lutherans making fun of Calvinists, too. That's also a major hit on the radio. Apparently so. Apparently so. Okay, I'll give you 150 points for your buzzword. What? That's weak. I'm giving you no points for getting it wrong. Aha, I see your <laughs> logic. So the game is all tied up at 550 to 550. Who's going to win? The drama unfolds in the last 10 minutes of Table Talk Radio. That it does. And we are playing Google. I don't know how you get points for this. Uh, I don't either. So, well, um, <laughs> we have this text message thing. And this is kind of there's, – there's all these – there's a few of them out there. I shouldn't say there's a lot. But there's a few of these uh, text message services out there where you can text message a question they send it back to you and so we you know say hey let's play a a table talk radio game with this and so we send a theological question to one of these text message services and they they reply with the answer and then we analyze the answer now we're also mixing this with google it where we do the same thing with google so pastor wolf miller has googled these questions i have text messaged them and i will read my response the first question i had is what is the antichrist and the response i got was this Antichrist, noun, is a opponent of Christ, a false Christ. That's it. What? That's boring. That's like <laughs> this is some guy with a text me- with a with a cell phone and a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have anything more than that. That's it. That's all they put. Oh, uh, man, you're limited. The... You're limited to so many characters, and you gotta get the advertisement in afterwards. So they, they're pretty. They're pretty brief. Oh yeah. So an opponent of Christ. That's kind of general. I price. on Google, on the other hand, have one million three hundred and sixty thousand responses. Came back in one tenth of a second. Point five two seconds. <laughs> so my computer's working a little slow. We have the web definition for Antichrist. Who or what is the Antichrist from Christian Apologetics uh, the page? Antichrist from Wikipedia, and then the Snopes is Barack Obama the Antichrist. <laughs> Snopes, I love that. That's a great website. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, which you want to hear? Let's do the what, see what the Christian apologetics guys say. Okay. Uh, CARM website. I've used this before. They're not too bad. Uh, the term Antichrist is found only in the epistles of John. This is true, by the way. Hey, did you know this? So, Antichrist doesn't show up in the book of Revelation. Hey, what's this pop-up ad doing in front of me? Close that sucker. Uh, it's uh, only in John. 1 John 2, 18, 22, chapter 4, verse 3, 2 John, verse 7. Uh, and there it talks about Antichrist and Antichrists, so singular and plural both. The the root of the word, by the way, wait, I'm supposed to be reading this. Let me go back to this. Uh, the Antichrist is one who opposes Christ and thus God. The Antichrist is the eschatological end times person who will appear and deceive countless people, etc. Paul does not use the term Antichrist. Instead, he uses the term man of lawlessness in 2 Thessalonians 2.3 to describe an evil person who will stand in great opposition to God and his people. Paul speaks regarding the day of the Lord, quote, Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy, the great falling away, that is, comes first. And the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship. So that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God, or in the place of God. That really is the probably the best way to understand the Antichrist, is one who is against God but in the place of God. So the person that puts himself in the place of God, who presumes to speak for God, this person is Antichrist. 
So what do you make of these groups that uh, make it a hobby to identify certain individuals to be the, the Antichrist? Well, here, yeah, that's maybe not – but that's – I mean that's not necessarily a bad idea because we're warned to watch out for them. But here's the biggest problem is most people take the Antichrist to be a political figure. huh? But in, in the scriptures, the Antichrist is always a, a theological figure. The, the, the Antichrist is a false teacher. He, he exalts himself in the temple and presents himself to be God. That's what it says in Second Thessalonians 2. And in John, what is the Antichrist? Is the one who denies that Jesus came in the flesh, right. uh, who denies the incarnation, etc. Uh, so, that, so that the idea that the Antichrist is some sort of political figure, you know, Nikolai Carpathia, or whatever his name is, in the Left Behind books, or, or Barack Obama, or uh, the Prime Minister of Spain, or... What, uh, you know, the dispensationalists have trouble because uh, who is because uh, the, the old Tony Blair now, who's um, is going to be the president of the European Union. So like, wait, how can he be the Antichrist? Because he was a good friend of George Bush. And that's just total confusion. <laughs> but, it, but it's not we don't look we're not looking for a political figure for the Antichrist. We're looking for some for a false teacher who takes away the gospel. This is traditionally, by the way, why the Lutherans have said. Uh, that the Pope, the office of the Pope, is the Antichrist, uh, because the Pope claims to speak for God, uh, uh, and also uh, why Muhammad is also considered the Antichrist, because Muhammad uh, denies the gospel, the death of Jesus, etc., and takes people away uh, that way, so that the false teachers are the ones who are condemned when the scriptures speak of the Antichrist, the person who is against Christ and puts themselves in his place. Very good. Well, I don't know if we have enough time to get in this next question. Ooh. So, well, why don't you tell you what? Why don't you tell us about this uh, LPG one more time? We have about seventy-five seconds left in the show. And tell oh. us about this LPG. Okay, so we were playing. This is the contest, the script, the scripture twisting contest. This was suggested on our Facebook page. Marvelous suggestion. The idea, the idea is this: we want to find the scripture twisted. The worst. So you can find it. Uh, you can go back and, and pull off your shelf the works of Eutychius uh, and read through that if you want to. You can uh, do your normal browsing around the Internet. Uh, you can probably read uh, some of the articles on Table Talk Radio, see if you find something in there. Uh, but you're going to find the, the scripture twisted the worst, taken out of context and, and used to teach really the opposite of what the Lord is teaching, and then send it to us. We're going to take all of these and we'll we'll play the game on air we'll, and we'll judge the uh, worst scripture twisting that we can find. So you can send that to our email. Um, LPG at tabletalkradio.org. Yes. <laughs> Yes, or put it on our Facebook page, which is, I don't know, somewhere on Facebook, Table Talk Radio fan page, uh, or send it. You can uh, do a voicemail on our uh, on our hotline there, and the number for that is... Hey, uh, let me help you out. It's 866-851-5523. <laughs> we are also uh, uh, taking contestants for these games. If you would like to be a contestant oh, on everyone's yeah. favorite Lutheran theological game show, uh, contact us by the same means, 866 851 Five five two three, or you can just send us an email. Uh, you can send me an email, Evan at tabletalkradio.org. Let me know uh, how what what game you want to play, and we'll get you on the air. All right, well that's it for this edition of Table Talk Radio. We want to thank you all for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio, where the points are like a theological degree from the Bildad Seminary. It does you no good. <laughs> Is that your own, or did you get that from someone else? <laughs> I'll take credit for it. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. 
we would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to question at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.